AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Unless we're talking about soybean meal, it is tough to build upside momentum in these markets. That might be adding some urgency to your old and new crop marketing plans. We'll cover that. And here's some stories from the road. Live from a slow-motion Midwestern subtropical snowmelt via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, we'll talk with Andy Wald from Producers Hedge. Right after the news, Oliver Slope from Blue Line Futures. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson. And now, welcome the host of AgriTalk, Chef Laurie. All right, Davis. Thank you very much, hey, buddy. buddy. Yeah. How's things going down there? Are you, Is it melting? Uh, You know, it's weird. Okay, oh. so I'm further south yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, what I would consider quite a bit. There's a there's a line at the at the southern edge of Iowa apparently where winter yeah. gets weird. Yeah. Okay. And so we're sitting on about two inches left of the three and a half we got overnight of snow yeah. on the ground with this lovely slushy layer beneath. It's like it's melting yeah. from the bottom up. Yeah. Well, it yeah. probably is. The ground has been warm. Gr- it definitely has. Yeah. Huh. Yep. So make a lovely yeah. squishing sound. When you yeah, go that's all kinds of slushy. That's all <laughs> kinds of slushy. Hey, welcome to AgriTalk. Glad you're here. I'm Chip. That is Davis. We've we we've been under this, you know, in the radar. It looks like it's been snowing. Um, we've seen a few flakes in northeast Iowa, and that's about it. There have been some uh, some heavier snowfalls in the southeast part of Iowa. And some heavy, heavy rains going on up in Michigan. And now the wind is expected to come in and, and yeah. really kick up and, and create some havoc in the middle of the country. So uh, just be aware of that and stay. And you know what? Doggone it. I mean, these February uh, tornadoes are no fun at all. Had some in Louisiana, Mississippi yep. last night. And uh, just stay aware. Stay aware that we've got an active weather pattern around us right now. So, you know, it it corn kind of feels like it's in a go nowhere kind of mode, mm-hmm. but we're still seeing price movement on a day to day basis. Well, sure. It's not like volatility has completely evaporated from the market. And of course, if you're looking for some activity in the grains, you just got to look at the spreads between soybean meal and soybean oil. Uh, we're probably going to see some movement in those markets continue. Okay, man, let's get started. Oh, looking forward to the conversation yeah. with Andy Wold, uh, oh, Producers Hedge. He's coming up in the next segment. You we'll bet. get some of his stories from the road. All right, let's get started. What do you got? Chip wheat futures retreated after yesterday's late session strength. Wheat export sales in the weekend of February 2nd totaled just over 131,000 metric tons. That was at the low end of already lackluster trade expectations. Mexico and Colombia topped the list of buyers. Wheat export commitments at 6% behind year ago compared to USDA's forecast that exports will fall about 3%. March SRW wheat opened steady, tried to rally, then were dragged downward to a near-session low close. 
March hard red futures opened in near session highs, failed to spike resistance at yesterday's high, then fell back to close below yesterday's low. March HRW wheat futures 17 cents lower, 879. March soft red wheat down seven and one half cents, 757 and a quarter. March spring wheat closed at 917 and one quarter, down nine cents today. Chip. We've got some moisture breaking into the central and southern plains. That's probably the source of pressure on that HRW market. Well, corn export sales in the weekend of February 2nd totaled 1.16 million metric tons. That was at the high end of trade expectations. That was the second consecutive week with solid corn sales and a second consecutive week that good exports failed to support corn prices. Japan, unknown destinations, and Mexico were at the top of the list of buyers. Export commitments for corn are still more than 40% behind the year-ago pace, compared to USDA's estimate that corn sales will fall 22% from last year. March corn opened slightly lower, spiked resistance at 680, then fell to close near session lows and at the lowest level since January 23rd. March corn futures were 7 and 3 quarter cents lower at 670 and 3 quarters. May corn fell 7 and 1 quarter cents to 669er. July corn futures closed at 658 and 3 quarters down 6 and 1 half cents. Yeah, it feels like a little bit of technical damage done today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll check with Oliver on that here in just a bit. Soybean export sales of just over 459,000 metric tons were at the low end of trade expectations. China topped the list of buyers along with Spain and the Netherlands. Export commitments for beans are 2.1% ahead of the year ago pace compared to USDA's forecasts that exports will fall 8% from last year. Long meal, short bean oil spreading rushed back into the market, leaving beans caught in the middle. March bean futures traded on both sides of 1525 for an 11th consecutive Jeez. session. March beans were a half cent lower, 1519 and one quarter. May beans down two cents, 1511 and three quarter. July soybeans closed at 1502 and three quarters, down three and one quarter cents. Chip. Yeah, March soybean meal on the day up $13.60 a ton. And March bean oil down 154 points uh, in that front month contract. Big movement in the spread. Well, cotton export sales, nearly 263,000 bales were well ahead of the four week average, limiting selling. March cotton, 13 points higher, 85.50. Livestocks. Beef export sales of 16,400 metric tons helped April fat cattle futures come within 15 cents of contract highs before profit-taking gave them the smackdown. April cattle, 7 and 1 half cents lower, 163.62 and a half. March feeders, 37 and 1 half cents higher, 186.82 and a half. And on the snout side, pork export sales, nearly 29,000 metric tons helped lean hog futures spike resistance before sending prices through support at yesterday's low, April, 75 cents lower, 83, 32 and one half chip. All right. Thank you very much, Davis. Let's bring in Oliver Slope, Blue Line Futures. How you doing, Oliver? I, I'm doing well. I got to admit, I was, I totally kind of forgot about today's show because I just talked to you the other day. I got, yeah. I got my days mixed up. Yeah. Well, you know, when you get, it, it's pretty easy to get enough of me. In the <laughs> course of a week, so yeah, no, I get it, I, I get it. Uh, what what market are you watching most closely today, Oliver? Oh boy, you know, uh, corn. I guess uh, yeah. it, it, it's kind of you know we've been trading on the 100, 200 day moving average for I think today was the seventh consecutive session, and we're right at the bottom end of the lower end of the recent range. So if six seventy can't hold, I wouldn't be surprised to see that trigger. 
some additional selling pressure, maybe take us back to those lows that we saw on January 23rd, which come in near 660, which is also where we broke out of uh, on January 12th. So 660 is the next line of support if 670 can't hold. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know that it's going to be able to fall you know, much more than that here in the very near term, especially with the shot clock winding down there. The other thing, I guess, that we're keeping a close eye on is the lean hog market. And yeah. just continue. I'm, I'm perpetually disappointed <laughs> with lean hogs. <laughs> and I, I, I need to like get a sign on my desk that says, do not trade lean hogs, uh, just as a constant reminder. But I, I do think that there's some potential upside uh, still left in that market kind of based on the short covering rally aspect of it. But we haven't gotten an update from the CFTC on commitment to right. traders for a couple of weeks now due to that uh, uh, breach uh, last week. Yeah. Yep. You know, I used to uh, I, <laughs> I used to have a, a sign on my desk literally that said, do not trust soybean oil. <laughs> so yeah. I, yeah. I, I get it. You know, it gets frustrating. It gets frustrating yeah, with some it, of these markets. There's no question it about does. it. So. That's the way it goes, though. All right. All right. You riding with the Chiefs this weekend? I, I'm going with the Chiefs. I, you, know, you know, I grew up in Nebraska, so the Chiefs were close. Yeah. I used to be a Chiefs fan. I threw in the towel, so I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan, but I got to root for somebody, right? Back on it. All right. Oliver Slope, Blue Line Futures, Andy Wold next. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. We don't make the news, we render it. Agritalk. All right, welcome back to Agritalk. I'm Chip Flory. Davis Michelson is here as well. Huh? Huh? Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. It's, it's an interesting time of the year. Uh, and, and the reason I say that is when... When we're in February, and we, we'll probably talk about this a little bit with Andy, but it, it's just thought, part of the thought process that I was having there in the conversation with Oliver. It's an interesting time of the year because we're setting that spring price on the crop revenue coverage. Um, and, uh, you you know, yes, the price is one thing, but volatility is is the other thing. And, and the way that we got the volatility spike at the end of February last year when Russia invaded uh, Russia invaded Ukraine, that was that jolted the premium that was paid for crop insurance in February in, in 2022. 
You know, if we can just kind of ho-hum our way through February, keep that volatility Oof. low, and, yeah. and, and keep the new crop prices close to where they're at right now, boy, that, mm-hmm. that just seems like a really positive uh, a, a positive move uh, for risk management strategies in, in 2023. Anyway, if, just thought yeah. process that kind of triggered in my mind. Okay. We're going to circle back to that maybe in the fourth. Okay. Huh. Very good. Very good. Right now, let's bring in Andy Wold from Producers Hedge. Andy, it's good to talk with you again, man. How are you? Doing good, Chip. Thanks for having me. Yeah, glad you're here. Glad you're here. You've been a busy guy this winter, haven't you? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Meeting with clients and, and trying to put together plans and, and trying to stay flexible and 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 keeping that grain moving. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what do the conversations sound like right now, Andy, when you're talking about some old crop marketings? Um, it, it It's like we shared in or you shared with me in the in the notes. The clock is ticking. And as the clock is ticking, it feels like the urgency to get some additional 22 crop sales done seems to be escalating a little bit. Well, especially right here where I'm at in northern Illinois, we're, we've got really strong basis uh, compared to normal. And, and with the spreads inverted, you know, it, it's just not paying to sit on this grain from a basis perspective. So, so we've been recommending to keep it moving and, and with interest costs at three and a half, four cents or better a month on it, uh, we need to keep it moving. Throw in road postings and spring issues and and all that. Um, it's it's just got to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, you you mentioned the basis. That basis in northern Illinois has been has been strong and has been pulling strength from unusual sources. You know, I'm looking at the rail market in particular and, and that rail market heading to the southwest or to the, the feed yard area, right? Yeah, we've we've got a rail loading facility just west of here. Um, well, there's a few in northern Illinois, and and they've just been busy. They've had quite a few years where they weren't as busy, but that's just been a draw. We're only 20 miles off the Illinois River here, and, and there just hasn't been as much corn go down that as, as we have been shipping shipping by rail. So that's it's been a steady pull. They've been pushing it. You know, trains have been a little slow to get in, but but we're moving as much as we can. You know, it, it seems to me there's lots of reasons to anticipate some basis weakness going forward, but I don't see that rail market into the feed yard country slowing, it, pulling basis down much at all. Do you? I don't think so. I think that's going to continue to stay strong, and and they're going to have to. Uh, they're just going to have to keep pulling it in. Um, you know, we could see some some uh, early harvest premiums, I think, for new crop. But that that might be more of the ethanol markets around here. But okay. But you know, I, I think when it's all said and done, they're gonna we're gonna be pretty empty. I think going into fall this year. Okay. Uh, the ethanol guys, they're probably finding a pretty good DDG market down into the feed yards too, aren't they? I'd imagine. It's not yeah. my specialty, but I'd imagine they're. Okay. They're uh, moving it right along. Yep, yep. A little bit of a slowdown this last week, down to a million uh, barrels per day on ethanol production. Uh, the, what is demand from the from the ethanol plants there in, in northern Illinois? 
Up here, it feels like they've been pretty well covered all year. I, I know they've paid some early premiums to to get a good book on, and and I think they've kept their cards pretty close to their chest and not had to pay up an awful lot. So, so I think they've been staying covered. Um, but like I said earlier, the the rail market seems to be the one that's really driving things, and yeah. and we're starting to see the river pick up a little bit, which you know this time of year it should be. So, so I think it'll continue to stay strong for corn. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, when it when it comes to the old crop, and you're talking with clients or talking with farmers, what's the main message that you want them to really hear and understand when you're talking about old crop marketings? Well, we spent quite a little time here on the basis, but. Yeah. But another one is, you know, these prices where they're at, we're just shy, been just shy of $7 here for a while. And it's, to me, it seems like it's pretty good money. It's a lot easier to sell and defend that versus, you know, I, I think the market's pretty well supported, but you never know when something might fall out. So, yeah. so I think we're, we're doing pretty good there. We can do some things to participate in an upside market if we need to. Okay. Uh, bean wise, you know, the same thing in this area, we tend to ship most of our beans, uh, January or uh, December and January. And, mm-hmm. and again, those should be gone too with the strong basis we've seen on the river um, and the high interest costs. So, okay. and $15 beans, that's just, that's just good money. <laughs> I don't think there's many left. Yeah. Yeah. That could turn into an issue for some of the crushers when we get into, uh, get into this early summer market that uh, there, there could be some aggressive bidding going on for, for beans at that time. You know, and it feels like it is a capacity issue. We, we had that 15 million bushel cut to the uh, crush estimate in yesterday's supply and demand report. And it, it to me, it doesn't feel like there isn't. It's not that there isn't demand for crush. Uh, it's that because the margin is, is there. It's just that. We we keep bumping up against capacity, don't we? Well, I, I think so. You know, and and just what we can get physically moved. Um, yeah. You know, logistics and and everything else has their issues as well. So, um, so yeah, I, I I think that's been the problem with a lot of things, just capacity yeah. and what we can get done. Okay, so good corn export demand the last couple of weeks is that going to continue? I sure hope so. Um, I, I would think here along the river we'll see that pick up and and we should be uh, fairly competitive, I would think. So okay. um, we we need to do some catching up or else the USDA is going to have to make some adjustments to their, to their balance sheet and their numbers. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, on let, Let's stay on corn here for just a little bit and start looking forward to the 23 side. Have 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 most of your clients got their inputs booked? I would think most of them are. Um, I don't spend a lot of time in that arena, but just uh, getting through, I, I think I think a lot of it's already booked. They know what their prices are. Um, you know, there may be some opportunities to book a little cheaper nitrogen. I think going forward, but but uh, but they've got their costs. I think pretty well nailed down, and and going into it, we just need to we need to know what that number is. We need to protect, and mm-hmm. and in case something happens. Um, defend it. Yeah. Yep. Any flexibility in the acreage mix up there in, in Northern Illinois? 
I don't think we're going to see, you know, anything major. It, it feels like there's probably going to be, you know, guys changing rotation just a little bit into more corn. Um, last year, it felt like quite there was a little bit of a shift into more beans. Uh, that was due to some corn rootworm problems here locally yep. and and some of that. But uh, some of that tar spot. I, maybe a few more corn acres. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think th- there's uh, there, there's plenty of agronomic reasons uh, for for the the movement that we've been seeing in your area. Um, I I don't know if there's enough pull from the corn market or push from the bean market or anything like that to move too many acres around right now. Is there? I sure don't think so. I think it's you know what each individual producer is wanting to fit through the rotation and. And, uh, you know, maybe it's leaning just a little bit better for corn, but, but overall, I, I don't see any major changes. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. We are talking with Andy Wold from Producers Hedge. Now, a couple of times, Andy, we, we've heard you say sell and defend, sell and defend, uh, r- maintain some flexibility. Let's talk about how you like to do that. And, and you know, ju- just as importantly, why? Why maintain that flexibility in the market? We're talking with Andy Wald, Producer's Edge. We'll be right back with more AgriTalk here in a moment. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. news of note from Pro Farmer, China became the main destination for Brazilian corn exports in January, surpassing traditional importers. U.S. imports of goods from China totaled $536.8 billion in 2022. That's a 6.3% increase from the prior year and close to the record reached in 2018. China has declined a proposed phone call with U.S. officials regarding the downed Chinese balloon because Washington had not created, quote, an appropriate atmosphere for dialogue. Meanwhile, U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said yesterday she still hopes to visit China, but offered no details. And consultancy strategy grains for a second month in a row raised its forecast of European Union SRW production this year, citing good growing conditions to date. News of note is taken from the pages of Pro Farmer. Get more at tryprofarmer.com. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. 
the best talkers in ag, including you. Join the conversation on AgriTalk. Call us at 855-4-TALK-AG. 855-4-825-52, followed by the number 4, that's 855-4825-52, and the number 4, Chip. 855-TALK-AG, that's 855-482-5524. You can give us a call if you want. You can also send us an email, host at agritalk.com. You can tag us in a tweet. Just include hashtag agritalk in your tweet. Wasn't you can send simple? me an email, too. Newsman at davis.hatemail.love. You can send it there if you like. <laughs> See where it ends up. Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? Why <laughs> I can not? ignore it there as easy as any you know, place else. You ah. know, uh, yeah. Yeah, a handsome newsman. Uh-huh. Um, I was reminded. I was reminded by some faithful listeners, some that really, really have come to rely on you at this time of the year, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, Valentine's Day is coming up next week, and they're kind of looking forward to some suggestions. All right. Some tips. Well, I've had so. some recent successes in the love department. Perhaps perhaps okay. I'll lift the veil just a little bit and hand out right. some free secrets. What do you say? Man, I'm telling you. You got a weekend <laughs> to work on it. I know we'd, right, be in, we, we'd all be interested. We'd all, right. all be interested. I'll see what I can come up with. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. That's <laughs> Davis. We're in the middle of a conversation with Andy Wold from Producers Hedge. Uh, before we get back to Andy, let's go ahead and recap where the market's closed. Well, Chip, March hard red winter wheat futures seventeen cents lower, eight seventy nine. March soft red wheat fell seven and one half cents to seven fifty seven and one quarter. March corn futures were seven and three quarter cents lower at six seventy and three quarters. July corn futures closed at six fifty eight and three quarters, down six and one half cents. March soybean futures one whole half cent lower, fifteen nineteen and one quarter. July beans closed at 15.02 and three quarters. That's down three and one quarter cents. March cotton was 13 points higher at 85.50. On the livestock side, April live cattle, seven and one half cents lower, 163.62 and a half. March feeder futures, 37 and one half cents higher, 186.82 and a half. And April lean hog futures, 75 cents lower, 83.32 and a half. That's your quick market recap back to you. All right. Thank you very much, Davis. Uh, talking with Andy Wold from Producers Hedge today. He's our guest analyst. Uh, Andy, I want to hit a couple of, you know, current events, uh, the way that the markets traded today in particular. But first off, we had the, the supply and demand report yesterday, the WASD. Did you see anything in that 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 had an influence or has an influence on your outlook going forward? Chip, I wasn't real surprised with that with that report out yesterday. They didn't move move any much of anything really. A little bit in uh, bean crush, a little bit on the corn side, uh, dropping demand and, and just raise their ending stocks a little bit. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see us, you know, drop corn demand uh, steadily here, slow walk through the through the year. I think they're going to have to based on on our export pace in corn. Um, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, maybe some reductions in, in stocks at some point um, in production. That may take a little bit longer to shake out. I don't know. We had a really good crop right through here, but I think that was hard to offset, you know, some of the deficits or, or, or poor or poorer crops that we saw out west. So 
and we're seeing this demand pull to the southwest. I think think uh, that drives some of that home to me. Okay. So interesting. Yeah. You know, on the slow walk on corn demand, is it just a case that corn prices have been high enough for a long enough period of time to cause some destruction on the demand side? Well, I think so. You know, high prices always cure high prices. So, mm-hmm. so I think that's that's rationing some demand somewhere, some point. Something else is getting used. Um, you know, so slowly, I think we'll see that get adjusted. Um, you know. To me right now, I, I haven't spent a lot of time on those numbers, but um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see it eventually get slow walked. Okay. Right, that kind of leads me into, you know, same thing. You know, we going back, you look at the charts and look at 2012 and then going into 2013. Yeah, I'm not saying this year's 2013, but it scares me. I remember it re- really well. I've seen this before. And in 13, we went from $6 December futures early in the year down to, 420. Yeah. And I don't think, you know, if, if guys have got their prices or a lot of their inputs locked in, that's going to hurt if they don't do something about it. So that's why I talk about selling and defending. Yeah. Okay. So let, let's go down that path now. Uh, sell and defend. What is the, the strategy that, that you, and I'm not looking for anything specific for anybody, but if you are favoring a strategy in a sell and defend, what are you looking at? It all depends on your situation and depends on your comfort level. Okay. You know, for somebody that's just making cash sales, let's make some cash sales at the elevator or hedge arrives at, at the elevator and, uh, and then get some bases locked in at some point. And we can go out and look at short dated new crop calls. If you'd like, okay. you know, the volatility has not been too bad. We can buy some of those pretty cheap and participate in an up market. There's other things. I like the collars, but anytime we start using uh short, options either short puts or the short calls to enhance it we got to make sure we manage those things yeah. and uh like i said there you could go a million different ways with that but yeah. but I, I i think that you know making some sales is is prudent here because you know once the market falls apart it's hard to get it back we yeah. can do something for it when it's going higher yes sir yes sir now you mentioned the short dated options why the short dated and, and what is the strategy that you would use in those? Right now, if I was to make a sale, you know, I looking to get through crop insurance pricing for one, two, um, you know, it, we, we don't want our price set too low. So we might have to buy some calls or else we can buy the puts. I like buying the short day new crop puts. Uh, the next hurdle we're going to need to jump is prospective plannings in, in March. So, you know, not bullet, not buying all that time premium and the full dated options yeah. um, saves us quite a little money. I like using the full dated options and, and shorting those and collecting as much as I can. Okay. Uh, and then guarding those with the short dated new crop. Okay. So on the, on the full dated uh, options and on the short side of those, again, as you said, if you're shorting any option, it's, it, that, that's a position that needs to be managed. At what point do you does it not pay off anymore? I mean, here we are. I, I'm not even sure how many days we've got left on the the new crop full dated uh, uh, corn and soybean options. But is it 90 days where you don't like that strategy anymore? 60 days? What is it? Uh, 
it's getting out past that. Yeah, yeah. Because right now you're you're buying so much time that it does make sense or might make sense to go ahead and short those options. But at what point is there not enough time value that shorting the options, it, it, it might just not pay off? Right, right. Yeah, I, I think once you get, you know, a month to two or three months out, it, it's not making as much sense. We probably need to be looking at something else at that point. Okay. Um, but, but for now, I, I think, you know, using some of that to enhance our sales, um, mm-hmm. you know, and use those as offers as well. I like doing that. So okay, uh, that all helps. Anything we can do to enhance a little margin. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. Exactly right. So, and, and then you've mentioned flexibility, the flexibility I always talk about because, you know, we like to think that we've, we know where we're going when in fact, understanding exactly why we've done what we've already done is difficult to do. Looking forward is doggone near impossible in these markets. That's why you've got to maintain some flexibility in your marketing plans, right? That's absolutely right. Um, Like I mentioned the 2013 before, but you know, a year ago, who knew Ukraine was going to get invaded by Russia? Um, you know, it, that was a black swan. You know, how many black swans have we seen in the last two or three years? And that that forces us, I think, to keep flexibility in mind and and using some using some some puts or short dated puts and, and keeping some upside open or making sales and buying some calls and keeping some upside open. Just that, that's going to keep us flexible and, and allow us to partake in, in any type of rally and. and yeah, and then sleep you, at night too. You know, Andy, we we talk about the hedge to arrive in the cash market and using that as a possibility. But what about a minimum price contract? I, I, and it, I mean, you can construct that or work with Andy to construct a a what is basically a minimum price contract. But it it just you know it's it's one of those situations where if if you get into a minimum price contract, you establish that, and the market goes down. Boy, you were sure smart to sell the cash. If the if you were wrong, and the market goes to the upside, boy, you were sure smart to own the call option. It kind of feels like a no lose in this kind of a market. So what, absolutely, it's a win win situation, and and being proactive, you just you got to understand there is a little cost with managing your risk, and that's the cost of that premium. But but you sure feel a heck of a lot better about it when you're participating in a rally and and you always feel good when you sell ahead of a you know major move lower so yeah. so it's yeah to me it just makes sense let's That's do that right. let's protect our our uh inputs and expenses and and the other part of it too that we need to consider is is our cost of interest that's getting to be a big expense or will be here yes. going forward and uh we don't want to forget about it that's exactly right that's exactly right andy Hey, buddy, it was good to talk with you again. Uh, We'll do it again, all right? Sounds good. Thank you, sir. You bet. That is Andy Wold, Producers Hedge. Look him up out there and uh, get in in touch with Andy. So, Okay, Davis and I will be back to wrap things up here on a Thursday edition of AgriTalk.
From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. AgSaver glyphosate, 53.8%, as low as $25.99 a gallon tote price when you pay cash. And build a maximum qualifying FBN acre pack at FBN.com slash direct. Ends February 28th. Prices subject to change. TNC apply. Welcome back to AgriTalk, everybody. Davis Michelson here. Chip Flory as well. I, uh, yeah. I, regret my, I regret my lunch. Oh, oh, I got, oh! I got a little cocky with the air fryer. Oh, give an air fryer? Have you no have you delved into this world at all? Uh-uh. Um, tater tots, chicken fingers. You got to reheat Ooh. some pizza. Um, okay. A a recent success um <laughs> was I was peeling potatoes. Gonna make some mashed potatoes. Yeah. I took the potato peels. You wash them off real good. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And I, I kind of drizzled them with a little olive oil and salted them up real good, a little garlic. And made, made skin dumped, chips. Dumped them right in the air fryer. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't get those into my face fast enough. <laughs> those were delicious. Today, I had, uh, and I usually eat better than this, but I was in a hurry, you know? Okay. Uh, I had some frozen burritos. Okay. And I thought, yeah. well, what's, what's a chimichanga? But just a, a deep fried burrito. Sure. And what's deep fried? But uh, you know the modern equivalent is air fry. So you air fry. So I dropped the burritos into the air fryer, gave them about gotcha. fourteen minutes. You know. Okay. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, they were fine. Okay. But they didn't get crispy and delightful on the outside. See, they just it, got hard. Oh yeah. You no. Know? No, not interested in that. Plus, you should probably stay away from the triple bean. It was uh, Verde Green Chicken Chile or something like that. Yeah, okay. So, Sounds like uh, triple bean to me. Uh, no. I, well, no? you know, uh, there's a feminina in the house here. I got to be careful. I'm still at that <laughs> cute, like, newlywed phase where she thinks that, uh, you know, certain certain gases don't pass out of me. Is that right? I'm still Is, holding it till I take really? the dog out. That's the phase I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> the neighbors think I got a real problem, but uh... no, the, pra- the the neighbors <laughs> know you've got a real problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, what you have? You don't have an air fryer? You got to get an no. air fryer, bro. No, yeah, no, I don't have one. I don't have one. Okay. I've thought about it. Yeah, I've thought about it. Maybe I'll get us one for for Valentine's Day. Well, no, that's not a bad idea. 
Yeah. I can you say. Know, cause, yeah, cause you know, I got her a leaf blower for, uh, uh, for her birthday. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I am way up on the thoughtful and romantic oh, side of the so gift thoughtful. ledger right so now. So, yeah. So thoughtful. Um, I, I do have a few ideas for Valentine's Day. Can I just throw one out there really quick? <laughs> Please do. This one, this one may seem obvious to some of you. And if it does, good, good for you. <laughs> um, if you've made one of these pacts, oh, it's yeah. just a, Holiday that was invented by card companies to sell greeting cards. Let's not get each other anything. Let's just oh, not worry about it. That's I don't insane. need anything, honey. I'm just no. fine. Flowers are exempt from any such agreement. I would I, get I her would flowers go along with that. At now, the very I, least, get her flowers. Now, since I, you've made the agreement, okay. you can't go crazy. Because then she's going to feel like, or he, conversely, whichever, yeah. uh, is going to feel like, oh, man. Yeah, you know he. That's right. She went out and and bought me this awesome, you know, new survival underwater scuba watch for Valentine's Day, and I didn't get her anything. Yep, yep, yep. But flowers, okay, flowers. See now, here's the issue. Here's the issue, and I I know someone very well now mm-hmm. that if you if you would spend twenty bucks on flowers, yeah. No, let's see. How do I say this? How do I say this? She would rather have you spend $100 on something that she might use once and then it's going to go in a drawer uh-huh. than to spend 20 bucks on flowers. Mm. Okay? Ooh, I don't know. She just, she just thinks it's absolutely, yeah, n- not worth it. I okay. disagree. I disagree. Flowers bring a little bit of cheer into the house at this time of the year. Huh? Well, I mean, and in that event, if you're in one of those situations, gents or ladies, um, you know, chocolate-covered strawberries, there's really only one time a year when they're, like, super available, super easy to get a hold of. Yeah. You know, you, you just can't argue with filling somebody's belly with a bunch of fruit and chocolate. That'll <laughs> shut them up. That'll keep them quiet for a while. Love it. Give it a try. One or the other. One or the other. You talked about the Russia situation. I wanted to circle back to that. Okay. Um, there are talks that Russia may be building up for a push. We yeah. got the uh, the Leopard tanks. We got the Abrams tanks going in on the Ukrainian there's, side. This sucker is slowing down, and we're coming up on the one-year anniversary. You were saying last year in February that situation really heated up the markets. Yeah. Um. So in the event that it gets weird over there again, things escalate, shall well, we say, yeah. from their current point. Um, can we obviously, expect a similar market the, response? Obviously, this is a favored time of the year for Russian President Putin to initiate aggression. Okay, uh, the ground must be solid. The yes, you know whatever whatever factor it is. So you can't rule something like that out. The the thing about this one is, is that whatever it might be, well, no, I shouldn't say whatever it might be. Most likely, it would be less of a black swan mm-hmm. than was the initial invasion of Ukraine. Now, a year ago okay. right now, yeah. a year ago right now, you and I were both saying, listen, it's going to happen. He yeah. said he's going to do it. Mm-hmm. And and there were a, a majority, a majority were saying, ah, he's just blowing smoke. He's blowing hot air, mm-hmm. you know. Well, 
so many of our leaders, including Trump, including mm-hmm. Biden, mm-hmm. if you just listen to what they say and take them seriously, no matter how ridiculous it sounds, yep. you're kind of hearing their plans. Yes. They can't help it. They can't help it. So we, we need to pay closer attention to some of the rhetoric as we're coming up on the one-year anniversary and, and see if we can't pick up any clues of what might happen there. But it's definitely in need of, of watching. All right. Hey, thank you so much for listening today. Tomorrow morning, House Egg Chairman Glenn Thompson, Representative David Valadeo from California, and a free-for-all with Sean Haney, Tom Self, Davis, and me, Bill Biederman, tomorrow afternoon.